0: before you turn your Bibles if you want to John chapter 6 I'll be there in just a second I have a simple message and I hope I had this in the back of my Bible and I just thought I I said you know I need to use this and so I have no idea where I got it from I don't know if it's from uh, Dr. Barlow or 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 Les or Richard Jordan or whoever it might have been and uh, and I did a study one time I remember about that and I just want to share it with you today. Uh, always remember when you study the Bible, you always look from Genesis to Acts 7. There you have time past. From Paul, Romans through Philemon, you have but now. Today, the way he's working today. When we go up in the rapture, then you have ages to come. So time past, but now, ages to come. We're living in the but now dispensation, the dispensation of grace. Some people, uh, they say, well, what is a dispensation? Well, it actually means uh, house management, house management. And God has managed his house, the world, he's managed it differently with different people during different times of history. Uh, He hasn't worked the same with each group of people throughout the ages at all. An example would be Adam. At the beginning, Adam and Eve had sweet fellowship with God. They walked in the garden together. They talked together. On and on it goes. But then one day, Adam sinned. So God had to make an adjustment. He had to figure out a different way, a different method in order to maintain some type of relationship with his creation. And so it came through a blood sacrifice, didn't it? Now God himself, he didn't change. He never changes of who he is, but he does change his methods in the way he deals with people down through the different dispensations. You have the dispensation of innocence, conscience, government, promise, law, and then the day that we're in, the dispensation of grace. The title of my message this morning is, Stand by the Truth of the Word. And I'm asking you this morning to be a student. I'm asking you to listen, try to think some things through uh, that will always help you, I hope. John chapter 6, verse 60. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a an hard saying, Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Because you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Verse 66 then, he says this, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Jesus came to a point in time where he taught them something that was uh, pretty, pretty strong and deeper than normal. And it took a mature believer to grab it. And since there were so many immature believers, they didn't grasp it. And because of the hard sayings that Christ was saying at that moment, some of the people left. You and I, when we get saved, we begin to learn dispensations. We present dispensations, rightly dividing, to people. We know there's little found in church history about dispensation. There's some, but not a whole lot. And some people just kind of dismiss it, or it's just not worthy of their attention. And they kind of just turn you off. They say, well, listen, no one in past history knew about dispensations until they were discovered in the 20th century. My answer would be this, but didn't Christendom say the same thing about, in Luther's day, the same thing about being justified by faith? That truth of being justified by faith had been lost for centuries. The Roman Catholic Church claimed that justification by faith was a new doctrine, a new teaching invented by Luther and it was heresy. That's what they said. (laughs) Some say to us when we present dispensations, are you a heretic? (laughs) Are you a cult? Where did you go to school? You're only causing division. We need to have Peace, love, and unity. Our answer would be in Acts twenty four thirteen. Acts twenty four thirteen. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. That's Paul speaking. And a lot of people can accuse you of things, but they can't prove it's true. Isn't that the fact? Philippians 3 8 says this Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, waste, that I might win Christ. Here we see Paul at his life when he came to Christ and learned the truth of what Christ was saying to him, and by the way, it was a revelation of the mystery program that was revealed to him. He rejected then his religion at that time and his schooling. It didn't matter where he went to school. He just needed to know the truth. Galatians 4.16 says this, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? <laughs> Just because somebody has the truth and it doesn't fit in your little arena there, you reject it, now you're accusing them when they're telling you the truth. Have you become their enemy? Paul said it this way, let God be true, but every man a liar. Most of Christendom say we dispensationalists follow just a few men. They say we follow people like John Nelson Darby, Larkin, schofield bullinger and by the way only a few have been true and that's because the early churches had turned away from pauline truth it states in galatians 1 6 he says this having no galatians 1 6 galatians 1 6 yeah i marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into, into the grace of Christ, into another gospel, which later on he says there's not another gospel that saves, only the one I presented. But he said, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that you would leave the truth. You see, when people depart from the God-given revelation to the apostle Paul, they're rejecting the very word of God that is specifically given to the body of Christ. And that truth is the foundation, the sound teaching for today. 1 Timothy one eleven says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust, Paul says. He says in Galatians 1.11, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of the man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul's saying, listen, what I'm sharing with you, man didn't know about it. But Christ has personally himself revealed this truth to me, and I, he's committed it to me, and now I want to share it with you. And the question is, so why haven't other churches been teaching dispensationally the answer is sad but understandable we know why satan so hates the mystery message revealed to paul he hates it for instance paul he offers salvation by grace through faith alone in the finished work of christ the death burial and resurrection of christ paul presents that there's no other way of salvation only through christ and it's a gift you can't work for it. And as a result, Satan tries to use works as a part of man's salvation because man is full of pride and he wants works involved in his life and his salvation. Also, Paul's message, Christ's work on the cross, openly defeated the devil and ultimately his plan to rule. He says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, the law, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled, here's the spiritual powers, principalities and powers, these are the wicked angels, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it, in his cross. An open display of their defeat. And the reason he had fooled the devil, it's very important. 1 Corinthians 2.8 says this, which none of the princes of this world, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil had any inkling of what the accomplishment of the cross would accomplish, he would have tried his very best to prevent Christ from going to the cross. But God took him in his own craftiness, didn't he? Paul's Christ given message will take away also Satan's place in the second heavens, in the heavenlies. Keith Blade says the body of Christ believers will take the devil and his demonic forces places, positions in the heavenlies. God has allowed spiritual forces someplace in the heavenlies, in the second heaven, not the third heaven, in the second heaven, and they can go back and forth. Revelation says that in mid-tribulation, and there was war in heaven, Michael and his archangels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, that's the devil and his wicked fallen angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And that happens right at mid-tribulation. That's when the devil and his angels are cast down to the earth having no place in the heavenlies. It's at mid-tribulation and perhaps that's why they call from mid-tribulation to the end of the tribulation the great tribulation because Satan has come down to man. Amen? Amen. And so we're promised heaven. It states in 2 Corinthians 5.1 where we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, our body, were dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You and I as believers today and we who have believed in the gospel, one day when we're raptured up, the judgment seat of Christ has to happen and we will be rewarded or suffer loss. Not our souls, but suffer loss of rewards. And then at mid-tribulation, Satan is cast out and we believe and I believe that we take over a number of those positions that were being held at that time. You need to read Job 1, Job 2 sometime. They have to report to God. They're kicked out and we assume their responsibilities. We are looking forward to going to heaven, not reigning on earth. Hello? Hello? Some people's roots are so deep in this world, they don't want to think about going to heaven. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, I want it just to be like... No, heaven's greater than anything you can ever imagine. I personally believe it's another planet. I believe that Keith Blaze has proven that uh, through some of his writings. And it's a real blessing we're going to heaven. You know, uh, the earth is just, uh, what, duplicated after... The pattern, the pattern is in heaven. <laughs> when God revealed this message, that Jesus Christ died for us, was buried and rose again to Paul, Satan immediately began to fight it.
1: 1 Thessalonians
0: 2, 16, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. What's forbidding them? Then it states in verse 18, wherefore we would have come unto you even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Tragically, in Paul's day, people began turning from Paul's message. It states in 2 Timothy 1.15, this thou knowest that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. That would be in Asia minor. That would be, Uh, the churches and believers of Asia Minor. And then the devil used the world, of course, to pull people away from Paul's message. First, second Timothy, I'm sorry, 410 says, for Demas Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed. So Satan uses whatever he can to try to get us away from Paul, from the gospel, From truth. And he will use the world, the flesh, and himself. And he's good at it. Thankfully, through the years, the Christ-given Pauline gospel, this dispensation of grace, has been stood up for by a few. And it's somewhat been recovered for such a time as this. Understand. For years, Christendom had developed their, their beliefs for anything contrary that would come along that would be contrary to their denominations or school's beliefs. They automatically went into the attack mode. I understand that being a Baptist for 29 years, Okay but they go into the attack mode to defend their churches, their schools, their denominations' names. You can understand that to a certain point, but when truth is revealed to you, you ought to gravitate toward truth, shouldn't you? And at times, they've been ruthless among themselves through print, through media, verbal threats, personally tearing other people down. And that has resulted in Christendom, divisions, schisms, name-calling, even character assassination to discredit contrary voices to their beliefs. That is Christendom. And as you look at Christendom, it is so divided. It is so splintered today. At times, they're very unkind to you. They ostracize any who disagree with them. And the critical sin that's been taking place is that it has resulted in losing the ear of society. The church no longer has society's ear. Churches today have terrible reputations all over. And it breaks your heart when that happens, doesn't it? But in recent years, God has allowed the gospel of grace, the Christ-given-to-Paul message about the mystery body of Christ to be rediscovered or at least promoted more. It is Paul's message that discredits many of Christendom's beliefs. Again, Satan tries to hinder any reception of Pauline truth, just like he did back in Paul's day. And there are two main ways he has done this. Number one, he keeps Christendom's eyes and minds closed to opposing views. They won't on their own even consider something different than what their denomination, their tradition, their schools, their church, their friends say. They mostly turn or usually turn us off even though we show the truth of scriptures. And I thought scripture was supposed to be our final authority. I had a fellow one time, I was showing him some verses. He said, I see it, but I don't believe it. Well, you need to believe God's word, amen? And the second thing he uses is pride, just pride. They'd have to rethink and change certain beliefs, not all their beliefs, but some of their beliefs. And they say to us, what you're saying is, is that we've been wrong about something all these years, and that's an affront to them. Proverbs 13.10 is so true. Only by pride cometh contention. There's pride somewhere. You, You never should be afraid of truth. You know what I mean? You should never be afraid of that. Let's say or assume that Paul's rightly dividing was not discovered or promoted until recently. What does that mean? Now, just follow me here. I'm coming down the stretch. During the Dark Ages, the Gospel of Grace by faith alone, apart from any works, was little known. We often we credit Luther, Swingley, Tyndale, and other reformers for rediscovering truth that had been lost. The reformers were not inventing something new. They said they were returning to the original faith message that the overall church had abandoned over time. What Luther taught seemed to be new at the time, justified by faith during that reformation. But Paul had taught salvation by grace some 1,500 years prior to Luther. And by the way, Luther himself still maintained some of his Catholic moorings or upbringing and beliefs with him. He still believed in baptism regeneration. He still believed Christ would appear in the elements when you would take it. He still believed in covenant theology. I personally believe it was others that actually tweaked the message by grace through faith alone. Here's the whole point. The point is something can seem new when in fact it's the original truth being taught. Did you hear that? Let me say that again. Something can seem new. Well, I've never heard that when in fact, it's the original truth being taught because Paul taught it. He taught dispensations, rightly dividing, the mystery program, the body of Christ that's for today. And it dates back to the apostle Paul. The real issue is, what does the Bible teach? The Bible is our final authority, regardless of when certain truths might be understood by people. And I've said, and I mean this, if the Bible does not teach dispensations, then dispensations are heresy, regardless of who believes in them. But the Bible does teach dispensations. It states in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, but none of these things move me, neither can I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The 12 promoted law. Paul promotes grace. Amen. Second 2 Timothy 2.15, you know it well. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, that's future, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. Stacey chapter three, verse two and three, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words. God had a new man with a new message and a new program while God was delaying his dealings and working with his people, the nation of Israel. One day we will be filled up, fullness of the Gentile will be caught up, and God resumes his dealings with his beloved Israel.
1: But today
0: it's a new program. We're not under law, we're under grace. We're not looking for land like Israel. We're looking for the heavenlies (laughs) where we will reign one of these days. Many say, well, the majority of Christendom denominations don't believe in dispensations. Our pastors don't believe it. Our parents, our friends, they don't. So why should we? Now, don't mess with what I'm going to say now. Truth is not determined by family, by friendships, nor by majority vote. Amen. Let me say that again. Truth is not determined by friendships, by family, nor by majority vote. That's not how you determine truth. I've said before, if the majority of people believed like Kylie Irving, Erring, That the world is flat. Huh? (laughs) He believes (sniffs) flat. Right? (laughs) That the world is flat. If the majority of the world believed that, it wouldn't change the truth that the world is round. Hello, you flat earthers? (laughs) Few follow truth when truth is difficult to them. Oh, let me say that again. Few follow truth when truth is difficult to them. That's what we just read in John. It was a hard saying. what they do? They left. They couldn't handle it. And that's what happens to a lot of people when we present the truth. Remember, those who have followed truth, the Lord, the word of God, they have never, ever been in the majority. Never. And it's unlikely today, you look back, you see Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Moses, the 12, Paul, you can name a lot of others, never once were they in the majority. Not in the majority. They were always the minority. That's why they were a remnant. And today, we're not going to be in the majority either. But today, I'm grateful to say that we're not alone. And I just want to mention some names of people past, people that are alive today. And they have left us a legacy, in a sense, through books, writings, internet, media. Now think of some of these people that stood up for right, rightly dividing in dispensations. Sir Robert Anderson, Les Feldick, Cornelius Stamm, Paul Sadler, and now Kevin Sadler, Charles Baker, Richard Jordan. By the way, all these guys don't agree on everything, but they agree on grace salvation and they know about the body of Christ separate from Israel. Keith Blades, Darson Barlow, John Fred- Fredrickson, Joel Fink, Donald Webb, David Reed, J.C. O'Hare, Fred Lewis, Vernon Schultz, Forrest Campbell, Craig McDonald, John Verstigen, Brian Ross, Alex Kurtz, Ricky Kurth, Arthur Sims, William Thurman, Walter Patrick. Even Warren Wiersbe separated Israel from the body of Christ. My professor, David Reese, Sean Brassix, David Winston Bush, Justin Johnson, Timothy Conklin, Edward Bedore, and Berean Bible Society, and you can name others. We're not just in a... We have a legacy of a lot of people who have and are standing up for the truth of rightly dividing the scriptures. Amen. Let me close with these verses. Colossians 1, verse 25, verse 26, Colossians 1. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. But now is made manifest to his saints. great verses. Romans 16, 25. Now to him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Ephesians 3, 9 and 10. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities, this is Satan and his workers, and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. We're revealing to Satan the manifold wisdom of God today. We're something special in God's eyes. And then he says in Ephesians, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. Why? To make known the mystery of the gospel. Amen. That was the great apostle Paul. And we ought to pray that God might make us bold in proclaiming that there was a secret that God had kept to himself that nobody knew about it throughout Genesis all the way coming through Acts until Paul was saved. And he revealed it personally to Paul. And it's about us today, the body of Christ that had been hidden God. You see, Satan thought he had defeated God by killing his son. Huh? He thought it was over, when in reality, it was just the beginning. <laughs> so I say to you, I, I, I want you to know, and I'm, I'm closing here, I, I want you to know that I don't just take this lightly. Uh, I was saved at age 24, Went to Tennessee Temple, was a Baptist for 29 years, and then God began to open my eyes concerning dispensations and rightly dividing. What's for today? And as Paul Sadler says, it's like getting saved all over again because the scriptures begin to fit in proper place. You get that in proper place, you get proper interpretation first, Then you can make application. But you need to get the interpretation first. And God has done a work in my mind. I'm still learning. I'm trying to grow as fast as I can. I'm an old man. (laughs) And I'm trying to learn and grow the best I can. And I just want you to know that, understand, it's a serious thing. I don't take it lightly because I know this one day I have to stand before God. And I have to give an account of what I have taught. And that's frightening to me. I look at some of my old messages, I look at them and go, (laughs) I said, God forgive me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's just, you know, you do it ignorantly. (laughs) And so I have to stand before him, and I have to give an account. So I want to teach what is correct. If I thought this was wrong in any way, I, I wouldn't do it. In a million years, I would not do that. But also, there's indication that I might be there when you're judged of what kind of member you were, what kind of tender or fellowship or whatever you want to call yourself. Did you grab the truth? Did you stand for the truth? Are you studying to be approved by God? And if you're not, like me, you'll have to answer for that one day. So on behalf of Christ, I just say, please, take this thing seriously. Don't just listen to your preacher and then go and you don't. Get in the Word. Study it. Dig it out. Find it. And it will set you free. Amen. Father, we love you. I just pray that this message might ring out loud to our minds, but then down into our hearts, that we try to study this and find the truth out so we can be correct, so we can know how we are to live today. We don't live like the Jews under law and ceremonies and feasts. Uh, We are complete in Christ may we never get over this in Jesus name everybody said we hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast we would love to have you to visit us in person you can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net for more information please visit our website or contact us by phone until next week may God richly bless you is our prayer